Welcome back to another episode of Dazed and Disturbed, a show where we look at all the terrors of what the universe has to offer and the topics that make your heads go fuzzy. Today I have a full house of guests. We got Nicole with the good hair. House of Mouse. We got Nick with the cheese. And we got Madame Moxie. Uh-huh. And me, your host, Danny de los Monstros. Today our topic will be more opinion-based. We are going to be talking about movies that people think are great, but we think aren't the best. And we've all come up with four movies that we wanted to talk about. Excuse me. <clears throat> there it is. <laughs> There's a piece of phlegm in my throat. Excuse me. Excuse I me. I thought there was a biscuit. <laughs> Cast the demon out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I think I think we do need to get onto the conjuring. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I, know, I just want to preface this by saying I fucking I really you can call me a little mongrel i don't care i fucking hate this movie i really hate this movie it made me sick watching it it fucking sucks it's zero out of ten for me so again it's gonna be a two versus two thing because are we we no so me and yeah just 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 keep going keep going with me and madam moxie we actually love the conjuring movie uh, they're just act, they're just furring out over there. So absolutely the opposite of that. We're yelling at each other. I'm she, he's yiffing with 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 Nicole over there, and it's kind of freaking me out. Can you guys stop? I'm hungry. I'm Fucking hungry. Furries. So we both agree that me and Madame Moxie agree that we love the Conjuring movie because the first one was great, the second one sucked, and the third one's probably going to be garbage. And like the whole like Conjuring universe, we're talking about the the first one. The first one was great. The rest of them, it's like, yeah, we're just losing the plot at this point. You wanted, you were like, you're aching to say something. Go ahead. I have so much to say. I don't want to just like vomit it all up. But okay, I'm just gonna say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say my key points, and you can argue them. I don't have very many notes on this because, like I said, it's it's a really boring movie. I I stopped paying attention Fuck many you. times during the film. Here's what. I, here's here's my. Uh, Here's my my top worst things about it, right? Okay, here's the thing. Worst thing about it, the dialogue. There's no good dialogue in that whole movie. And something about the costumes and the setting in the movie feels super ingenuine. They do not do a good job making you feel like it takes t- place in the time period that they say it takes place. And there's something about it that's too modern. Are you They're, fucking kidding me? No, I genuinely feel that way. I feel like there's something about the movie. Whoever was in charge of costumes and like wardrobe and stuff. It just doesn't make sense. It it doesn't feel genuine whatsoever. They dressed in like acid wash jeans. Like they, what do you want them more like tie dye? It's set in the 70s. No, so I, wearing, that's not what I'm all saying. All of it was, they had the music from the 70s. They had the costumes from the 70s. All of it, like, okay, what, how do you expect a cop to dress in the, in the 70s? Okay, here's the thing though. The music too. It, why would you play music like that in a horror movie? It's so distracting. They're I playing like 70s bops and I'm like. Isn't this supposed to be a movie about like demonic possession? This is that this happened is... in the fucking seventies. You twit, bro. But it doesn't make sense. Like you wouldn't go if I saw a modern horror movie today that had like modern pop music in it. I'd be like, this shit sucks. It Why was... are you putting pop music in a horror movie, regardless of the era that it's supposed to take place? In? It was seventies pop. That's what it was. It was only supposed to like to. It's supposed to like so they don't have to be like put in front of the camera. It's nineteen seventy. They put the music of the time, so they're like, okay, it helps. It helps identify where where in the timeline this is. And since it's based on a true story, 
they're trying to be like, this was based in the 70s, and we don't want to put a calendar in front of your fucking face in order for you to like understand this is the 70s. They dress the same way, too. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah, it looks like I, I think a lot of people were just disappointed that Doom Metal was not playing in the back. Ah. Now, are, you, it, are you disappointed that there was no Doom no, Metal? No, my issue is if you put any sort of like music, like like music with lyrics in a horror movie it doesn't make sense like that There's i like atmosphere like that but i don't like those movies like if you put music in a movie it should be atmospheric it should it should add some sort of suspense or something but if you're playing a, a song with lyrics i'm like what the fuck is this i mean it worked for white chicks it did i did i don't but I white don't, chicks is not a horror movie I contrary to popular belief i don't mind it in the conjuring because from what i recall it's diegetic yeah. and so it, it's explained and i don't really care yeah that's what we're trying to explain to you but i still don't like that movie no i mean that's fair but like th- <laughs> thank you for helping me helping us like cement our cement our our point on that that's fine you know what also okay go ahead one thing i do have to say that i hate about this movie is the dog refusing to go into the house trope. Well, normal thing. overused it's just trope. Like, okay obviously something's wrong now because the fucking dog just gave it away thanks i think the dog's name's sadie Fuck you, Sadie. Sadie gets fucked with a grenade at that point. Yeah, you know what? That's the other thing I hate in horror movies. I hate when there's unnecessary animal gore. There's, I, n- I don't think I, there's ever a time that you need to include animal gore in a movie. It never adds to anything. I, I truly believe that. I've seen some truly horrific films that have a lot of person-on-person gore that have no animals harmed that have shocked me. And animal gore in movies just makes me go, like, why? You know, that's fair. I, I, I kind of agree with like the whole like um you it's it's kind of overly done with the whole yeah. animal death and stuff like that. And like like a sacrificing like a goat or whatever. Yeah, that's kind of to me. I'm like, that's kind of that silly. has a bit more meaning than the dog dies for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. That, that That's fair. But I think the dog dying and being that gutted up kind of just shows like these this demons. How malicious it's it not is. fucking Lack around of regard of life mm-hmm. and like something so petty, not petty, but you know, like mm. killing someone's dog. Like really? You couldn't just, you know, kill me. You couldn't kill me. You couldn't kill like one of your 19,000 kids you have. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus. You start knocking them out one by one. One, one thing I'd like to say is that in that, in that movie, and, and I don't know how like accurate to the quote unquote real, but definitely <laughs> not real events that happened. Wait, let me preface um, it real quick. Um, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren were found out to be hacks. Oh yeah. So oh, so like the the Conjuring wow. movies. Wow. Uh, they're the ghost hunters the ghost turned out hunting. to be lying about ghosts. Wow. wow. You mean ghosts of things we have no fucking evidence, proof of. even though even though we have hundreds of years of people telling stories about them. There's no actual proof that exists at all of them existing. So fucking clearly they're not real. There's a story. Insert a clip of Tyra Banks. We were all rooting for you. We were rooting for you. Ghosts are real. Nick's full. No, ghosts aren't real. Anyway. Ghosts are real. Ghosts are not real. Ghosts are real. I'd like to say that ghosts have the possibility of being real. True. But they're, they're not fucking real. I would fuck a ghost. There is a ghost of me right now. Oh, yeah. We forgot. You're... The ghost inside. <laughs> what, what are you saying? The ghost in the shell. <gasps> that's a great... Actually, that's a great anime. And yeah, the mo- okay. But, uh, yeah, back and, to it, please. Anyway, uh, uh, I don't know how accurate... Uh, to the events are uh, that the, the story is but in that film they're like uh, they're ramping up like how the demon is affecting the family except the first thing it fucking does is just destroy their dog and then all of a sudden and then all of a sudden they're like oh oh it's it's not very strong at first it's it's farting and it smells real bad and and that's that's the first thing and they then, demolish like, the fucking dog with then, a like, grenade and then like as it goes as it goes it like possesses the the mother but 
and and they're like, oh, it just wanted to, it wanted to use the mother to do this to, to kill ki- to kill the child. But then it's like, okay, why did it fucking destroy the dog? Like, what what is any of this? Why didn't it just? It's clearly powerful enough to do whatever the fuck it wants. Why didn't it just possess her outright? It's obviously bullshit and it's pointless. It's just so you could be like, oh, it's scary. I think that was a whole like the like the that's one follow the movie. It's like you already pr- proved that like you can fucking obliterate these people for some odd fucking reason. But I'm think also thinking kill like, the child, <laughs> destroy the child, destroy the child. Like you said, kill the spare. Fatality, <laughs> finish him. But it's just like a. That's what I love about this. It's such a cheesy paranormal. I love paranormal scary movies because they're just so bad. I, I like jump scares in this one, but uh, it's just. Yeah, it's good. It got some good, genuine, scary jump scares. I don't think jump scares make a movie scary, but the ones in this movie are, are genuinely yeah. jump. They make you jump. I want to tell a quick story with that. Like, I saw yeah. the, the first Conjuring film with my mom, and we were in, the, like, a pack theater. My mama. My mama. <laughs> um, to seek the Conjuring with my mama. <laughs> but I saw it in theaters with, like, I don't know why, like, I guess it was, like, uh, the, this cheerleading squad just won, and they were oh, yeah. all sitting next to oh, next to, next to me. Yeah. So Celebrate by going to see the Conjuring. I know. That's why I was like, okay, that's weird, but all right. But they're screaming, and the audience screaming. I've never walked out on a film ever in my life. Oh, actually, except for one. I We walked out on, uh, I took, Madame Moxie and I went to go see, it was like, uh, it was a movie, like Hannah, Heather. It was, it was a movie with Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz, where like, she had to like, she met like an older woman and then the older woman's trying to like, trying to kill her. And it's like, oh yeah, I know your mom. We, what the, it was like the same plot of Mama. That was not, that was not me. That was you. It was she. It was you. It was I've never seen that movie. No, we, the thing is, we walked out on that film. I think you and Abel saw it. No, it was with you. Whatever, fuck it. But no, <laughs> wow. so I, I've never, I've never walked out on a film. But that was the first film I was almost like, this is too fucking much, and I'm starting to freak out. I need to, I need to get the fuck out wow. of here. And my mom was like, "You're really walking out." I'm like, "Mom, I gotta go." I'm like, she's like, "You pussy," and I'm like. All right, fuck it. I got um, uh, my, my 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 masculinity dropped a few a few uh, a few percentages, so I went to sit back down. Like I'm a tough person. Your, your pee pee points. No, <laughs> oh, they've pilfered my pee pee points. <laughs> the cheerleaders got me. <laughs> but yeah, continue on. Um, I just want I unrelated. It's totally non sequitur. But the one movie that we watched together that I almost walked out on because I had such a feeling of like Jurassic anxiety. World. I was fucking yeah, I cried at Jurassic World. But no, um, <laughs> there was a movie that I I walked out on and immediately had a panic attack, and it was that movie with fucking David Tennant, Bad Samaritan. You did? Yeah, that movie gave me such a fucking panic attack. The movie starts, literally the first six seconds of the movie is a horse being tortured. And I fucking, and the movie's like two hours long and everything just fucking builds from that point. And I walked out and I immediately had a panic attack. And I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? That was the most intense movie. And like looking back on it, it really, it wasn't. But something about where I was at that time, I was like, holy fuck, that movie was fucked up. Oh, wait, actually, the only, the, another movie you almost, you, you were like, almost whacked, walked out on was Sinister 2. That scene with like the oh, yeah. the, the no, dad like yelling the shit out of I didn't, I didn't of walk his... out, but I did have a panic attack in the movie theater because there's a point where the super abusive dad like shoves food down the kid's throat, and I was like, "Wow, I'm very triggered right now." And then I had a fucking panic attack, started crying. Why did that? My dad did that. <laughs> You're so triggered. No, it's like legitimate. Like like anything that has to do with like child like parents abusing children, I'm like, I can't watch this. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, especially when he fucking shoves food down his throat and the kid's like gagging and he's like pissing his pants. I'm like, that's too fucking much. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's just how I eat 
That's, that's like, just how I eat dinner. It's my pants and the mashed potatoes. <laughs> um. So go ahead, because we're 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 like severely running out of time. I, I just want to say that I feel like uh, most of the tropes in this movie are super overused. So like the child with the invisible friend, like mommy, I have a friend that you can't see that talks to me and play plays games. I'm like that shit's so annoying. Fuck you. And then they're like playing hide and seek, right? And they're like, who is it? Let's clap. And I... then they're like, oh, the the secret clapping. I love so that. Stupid. No, we actually, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, fuck yeah. Yeah, that was actually really fucking, like, it wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't say brilliant. It was really clever how they used the the clapping game as, like, a, hey, you want to play? Like, the Invisible Friend was real, and it came out of the, sh- like, the way it was shot. The, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also just say this, too. Yes, the movie's cheesy, but I love the, as a, a as a film major, I love how the movie was shot. It was shot beautifully. And the scene where like, you cannot see what's behind you, but only what's immediately in front of you. And coming out of the shadows is like, uh, like a face or like the clapping. It was just and like the, 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 the scene was intense. It, like, the scene was like being built up with like suspense and everything like that. Sure. Um, that one, I'm like, Oh, was really good. I will say that the, compared to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this movie does have great jump scares. It had a great, high quality. There's great stings. The sound quality is good. Yeah. Um, at least in those parts, and then you know the lighting for those scenes is is pretty pretty scary. Like I think that is fine. Um, but like I said, I don't think that jump scares make for a good movie. Like you can have great jump scares, and the movie can be whatever. Yeah. I think my central issue with this film is that it kind of unlike us it wants to be taken for everything that it shows on screen mm-hmm. and nothing off screen it, it wants everything on screen to be considered but n- what is there's nothing there's a deeper there, there's no there's nothing beyond what is on oh, screen that, that, you that, mean. that you really need to care about unless you like want to learn about the actual historical shit mm-hmm. but like they like set up all these rules and and shit. Like there's like oh she's it's a it's a witch ghost and she was killed and and it turns out oh she actually was a witch yeah yeah but then they're like oh it's a demon it's like okay is it a demon is, is it, it a witch, witch? yeah what can, what what's the extent of her abilities uh, you know I don't I don't like to get picky with shit but yeah. but if you're going to if if all that's in your movie is what you show on screen then I'm gonna get picky with it because if you leave something out then what the fuck am I supposed to think? Something that James Wan has actually done. Oh, did you want to say something? I, I was just going to say maybe they didn't want to make it deep on purpose because the people that it was based on were just fakes and, I don't know, kind of reflects. Or, you, or they're like, like what Nick, something that Nick was saying too, like if you want to learn more about it, you can just pick up their book or read it. Because they, um, I think Ed was still alive at the time. Or I think definitely Lorraine was, was alive at the time, but I think she was doing, doing the whole thing like, don't add too much detail only for the fact that you can like you can just pick up like a, our book and like talk about like the, the Amityville horror and stuff like that. But um, something that I did, I did like as a as I was watching it, things aren't like there. Yeah, like you said, there is no deeper meaning to this the, to the story only just for the fact that it's like it's just in your face. But something I did like about it, the camera work and like the props around it. If you notice in some scenes, there are things that move that 
you you won't pick up you your eyes won't pick up because you're focused on like whatever's going on with the family or with the, with the actors but like when there's somebody's walking by like you see like a picture frame just like slightly move like saying like something is there with them but you're you won't pick it up but your brain won't and you're like you're even in a happy scene you're already already feeling dread you're like why am i why am i getting so scared but it's what your but your brain's like dude something's moving right there and you're you're not seeing in the happy moments and they did and james wan did this in insidious as well and i'm like Oh, like he did it in the, the, the beginning of the insidious movie, like during the credits, like, oh yeah, things would move. And then he continued that throughout the entire movie, but they, he also brought that in to the conjuring. And I'm like, this is why the movie got so in, like got so intense for me. Cause there were things that were happening that, that I was not aware of. So, I mean, that's, that's something I just wanted to talk about that. I'm like, I love this movie, but go ahead. Gonna- I strongly disagree where you say there's like really great shots because there are literally like three or four different instances where the scene is just the camera and they spin it in a circle. And it like there are shots where like it, it just it's so like like whatever for a film to just like you have a shot and then there's like stuff happening mm-hmm. and you just literally spin the camera and you're like, oh, this is disorienting the audience. And you're like, no, this is just fucking making me sick. Like it's not adding to the 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 horror in the film. It's not adding to the scene. It's just like really disruptive. And like I, I think one of the reasons and you can argue with me about this because I know that we we typically disagree on the types of movies that we like. I just feel like the these type of films like Haunted House demon possession films are usually all the same and they're really dull for me because it's such an overused trope like I I just don't think that you can have a demon possession movie like this that's that that has stuff that we haven't seen before Mm. we've seen it all we've seen the possession we've seen the oh I'm gonna make weird shapes with my body because I'm being possessed by a demon and I'm gonna have a horrible looking face like the exorcist did that fucking 40 50 years ago I think it came out in the 70s so um yeah I just it's just it's it's the same stuff that we see all the time in every single demon movie I'll tell you a fucking demon movie that I really fucking like and that is the taking of Deborah Logan because there is something really fucking interesting and unique about that movie because she becomes a fucking snake woman or something I don't know but it it there's nothing in this movie that makes it unique there's nothing that makes it a memorable movie for me maybe that's maybe that's how I can summarize it. it it's not memorable it's just like every other demon movie like Insidious and the whole Annabelle series okay yeah that's when trash that's when like the the whole like conjuring universe kind of falls apart for me that like what scene are you talking about i don't remember a scene that they're spinning the spinning the camera um i'm I'm sure yeah yeah i I don't know i can't there might be one maybe when they're i don't have the notes on the exact scene but i can tell you it happened more than once because i wrote in my notes multiple times it might be i think you were also drunk and you were like my the room is spinning why is it spinning it might be when they're doing like the exorcism i could see it happening there maybe there wasn't even but it had like uh quick cuts oh did they did they did they do a ouija board in that one no. no. That's what I mean, man. This movie's so full of tropes. I'm not sure, like, they, which ones they didn't. They, yeah, they which did one a, they used and which ones they, they didn't. They did the spinning around, like, the spinning uh, thing of, um, they did the spinning scene in um, in the second movie. I don't remember in the first film, though. Um, I mean, I, 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 again, I probably have to rewatch it, like, 18 yeah. billion more Since times. Notes, it might, it yeah. probably happened, but I don't, I don't know. I don't remember it. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I'm I'm just not afraid of like demons because I don't think they're real. Yeah, and I'm not afraid of ghosts because I don't think they're real. And and when I see a movie that's like like here's a spooky ghost, I'm like, yeah, if that was real, that would be kind of scary. Yeah. But then I'm like, but they're not real. But they're not real, and I'm not afraid of it. Whereas <laughs> like like and and 
And I'm not saying that supernatural horror can't be scary. It absolutely can. But when it's just like, oh, it's he turned the cross upside down. That was in the second and, movie. And and the the cross on the wall exploded. He's so powerful. What? And I'm like, I, I this isn't fucking scary. I don't care yeah. because I'm not I'm not a, a, a God fearing man. <laughs> You're not a God fearing man up in this parts. You know, if I, if I if uh, if someone said that they were going to perform an exorcist on someone, I'd say, oh, shit, I want to watch that because it's funny. And I think everyone in there is doing some performance, but it's not real until it happens to you. I'm, I, I'm, I don't believe in ghosts and demons either, yeah. but I am. I am. I am. I am severely nyctophobic. So I'm like the sure. only things that get to me is like the things in the dark. I'm like, I don't know. It's like one of those irrational fears. Like if it's in the dark, I probably can't see. It. I'm probably fucked. So I'm like, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who's like. <laughs> I'm at the bottom of the basement. And I gotta turn off the light, and I have to race against the, the shadows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's you run into this. I'm good. No, I was just gonna say I really like Sinister because I feel like, like I said, that's a sort of demon movie that's very unique. Like the idea, my favorite James Wan. Yeah, films. It, the the series is very shocking. It's very scary. Um, and it's unique. Like there aren't films that I can say that are, that are just like that one. But for this one, like the Amityville horror is just like this fucking movie. It's it like is the same the fucking Ed, movie. Well, it's because it's and, an Ed Lorraine Warren story. I know, but it just, there are just so many movies that are like exactly the fucking same as this one. Like Nick said, like the cross turning upside down on the wall and like just all those all those same sort of tropes. Like I just you lose interest very quickly because it's like I've seen this shit a hundred times. Well, I think I think this Ouija. Also- I think this also kind of points to to the, the <laughs> Ouija. That movie sucks. <laughs> Fucking Lu- Lu- Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> um, that no. shit's really scary. <laughs> scary man. But but I think this this points to like the kind of grifters that like Ed and Lorraine Warren were. <laughs> that they're so fucking uncreative that they stole what they were talking about straight out of like the fucking Exorcist. Like they're not creative. They're not. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Yeah. Like That's fucking, scary. Fucking exorc- exorcisms especially are just like like such a product of that time that like obviously they were tapping into something that was like a pop cultural phenomenon yeah. and, and fucking lying to people and people were like, oh, this is real. This is just so scary. Yeah, you gotta you gotta fear the God. You gotta fear yeah. God. And exactly that's another thing too. Like there's so much like God Jesus talk in that movie. They're like, are you a God fearing man, Mr. Whatever is, the fuck? Is James Wan Christian? I don't no, know. No, he's Asian. Wow. <laughs> and you're over here like hello like I'm not gonna say anything bad. This is you're the first thing. No, it's that it's that fucking vine where he's like, I'm an American. He's like, I thought you were oh no, he's like, I'm a lesbian. And he's like, I, I thought, thought you, you were American. American. It's just it's just that. It's um, just that. Wait, the I, can I add something on to what you what you said too? Uh, the Christian the, thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> um I'm glad that Sinister is not a part of like the conjuring universe because I fucking love out of all the James Wan's like yeah, uh, movies, besides the Saw movies, Sinister is like a really close Sinister number one. Sinister is legitimately scary. It literally, yeah. you watch it and then you're like, fuck, I don't want to go to fucking bed in the dark tonight. It's fucking scary. I'm going to see Bagul and he's going to fucking. Bagul. He's going to put a rat in my belly. He's going to put a rat in my belly. Cinnamon raisin bagel. Bagel. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. Let, let, is there anything else you guys want to touch on the conjuring? Oh, uh, I, I, let me add, let me just say my notes real quick sure. before we go, go for it. Um, Ken. Hottet says, I know two things about white people. They love Matchbox 20 and they're terrified of curses. And I'm like, 
Yeah, this is pretty much like, oh, you're <laughs> you're living on cursed land. And it's like all the white people are like, <gasps> oh, yeah. oh yeah, it's totally meant. For and, I'm like, and I'm like, bro, I got that from uh, the, the the one Native American man in uh, Parks and Rec who said that. I'm like, that's fucking true. Uh, and then the last thing, the, the last thing I want to say is like the best part about the movie is the ghost that pulls like the ghost with a shotgun. He's like, you're all going to fucking die. And like the ghost cocks the shotgun. Like, like it was like somehow there's, Oh yeah. I love ghost gun. There was a guy. Do, do you remember that part where like in the end of the movie, like the, like the mom was like, you're all going to fucking die. And then like, uh, it, it, it cuts to the scene behind them. And there's like, there happened to be a shotgun, like, uh, placed right behind them and it, it cocks <laughs> itself and then it falls over and pulls the trigger and then James Wan or uh, Ed, 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 Ed Warren had to like he, he dive like a, he does like a fucking combat yeah. roll he's, he's like, like wow he's like who I'm the best yeah like a fucking Dark Souls hero and then all of a sudden like yeah he's like also not only that that I'm an action star I can perform exorcisms too it's like it's how'd so, you fuck so how the fuck insane. did you know that yeah yeah, I, I know you like James Wan a lot, but I feel like at this point he's kind of become like a Jason Blum type guy. <laughs> you know, where, okay, where I, I give like, it that. Like Hardcore he, green. Like he's just he's just making that money from from whatever bullshit he can. I don't Aquaman. Aquaman. Aquaman, absolutely. That yeah, I know James Wan was the director I, I, of that. I think I think Aquaman's a little different because they threw a lot of money at it. And, Jason and, Momoa was and, and I'm I'm sure it was mm. ass. I didn't I didn't watch it. It was they, ass. They threw, Jason Momoa was they, ass. They threw a ton of movie at it, but like the Blumhouse model, and I assume James Wan's typical model is yeah. spend almost no money on your horror movie, and people will watch it in droves, and you will make so much money that that y- you will make your money back. Jason Wan, Jason James Wan and Jason Wan, James Wan and Jason Blum work together a lot in a, in a, in a lot of films too. Uh, uh, big, big, big fucking surprise. Huh? Yeah, well, um, I'm not gonna see. Did you see the remake for Fantasy Island? That 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 plane, that plane. They're remaking that into a horror film. I don't even. I don't even know, I don't know what Fantasy about. Island is. It's a old TV show that was airing in the. Oh, you're, 70s, 60s. You're thinking of Gilligan's Island. No, so there. Well, isn't that the? Isn't that the? Oh fuck! I just make him uh, editor, sound editor. Omit that. Omit that. <laughs> Don't make me sound stupid. All right, but let's real quick jump to, to Midsummer because we're like officially running out of time, and yeah. then we we. I mean, there's like some things we want to talk about. I know you have some things you want to say about it, and I really want to hear your your stuff. Yeah, let her take it away. I just really okay. I know a lot of people hated this because they saw Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of it's kind of like the situation with us and Get Out, mm-hmm. but people really did not like this movie and I thought it was very beautiful and I thought it was very symbolic and it was a very circle of life kind of um, th- themes. Uh, just costuming, the shots, setting, it's just all great. Um, it is very slow, I have to give it that. It's very slow and like the main character is just a whiny bitch but you know, a lot of shit happened to her which, you know, that I would be a whiny bitch too if that happened to me. But um, I just like that when they, where do I even begin with this? Hmm. When they enter the community and they see like the elderly people like sacrifice themselves, it's kind of like the start of like her new family, right? So like her parents in the beginning, they were murdered by her sister who was bipolar and suicidal. And if you, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like the parents that died earlier were wearing blue and the elderly people were wearing blue when they sacrificed themselves. And it's kind of just like a reflection of what Danny needs in her life, like uh, like free will and empathy. And I'm not saying that, you know, her parents, she needed her parents to be dead, but like the fact that this death happened, um, I guess, 
with meaning versus like her sister's like just senseless, like chaotic doom. And it's just, yeah. So like her, her new life began with violence as her old life ended with violence, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's a beautiful interpretation. I think kind of building off of what you said is, like you said, her parents' death was meaningless. She had no control over it. Her parents had no control over it. They were murdered. Uh, Meanwhile, these elders that are choosing to end their life, it's a beautiful cultural ritual for them. They have the power to say, you know what? It's my time to die. And her parents weren't granted that. And so that's, I think that's a great contrast. Um, Yeah, I really, I really like this movie as well. I feel like... Um, it definitely wasn't, like I said, very similar to us. If you have not seen this movie before and you don't have any idea what the hell it is, you go into it and you're like, what the fuck is happening? It is a whirlwind of things. The beginning of this movie is so drastically different from the end of this movie. It's absurd. Um, I do think though, that the beginning of this movie, the first five to six minutes is fucking intense. Like the scene where she walks and she doesn't walk in, but you see her parents have died. Her sister, it, it's it's like shocking. It is so emotionally and physically like powerful. I just, I love that shit. The, also, one thing I wanted to say too, again, about the camera work, the beginning of the movie starts off very dark, mm-hmm. but in the rest of the movie, yes. it's like there's a brighter side to, to, yeah. to, to, to what's going on. I'm the person who didn't like this film. There's a few things I didn't like about it, but then like, I don't want to say them because you guys are all going to just like no, hop on my dick about allowed, it. We are allowed to critique it just like you've critiqued what we've said about stuff that we don't like. That's just how this works. All right. But, but you're entitled to an opinion. Pass it to uh, Nick because you want to say some things about it. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. I I'm I'm iffy on this movie. I'm not yes. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to say it's bad. Um I didn't I did not love it. I didn't hate it. Um I don't think it's a horror movie. Yeah. It's more of a thriller, which yeah. I I I was ex- or drama. I was expecting it to be more of a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um there's horror elements, there's really gruesome deaths and the feeling of dread for me at least watching it never went away mm-hmm. it was i i i felt a lot of dread throughout the whole thing because the whole time i'm like this shit's going wrong this is going wrong this yeah. is going wrong and no one's aware of it well they are but they choose to ignore it yes and i i also have some problems with the movie where things that happen in the movie that i, I think are are thematically important um which is i mean fuck the whole movie is yeah but um there are things that happen that are thematically important but if you put them in context of what's actually happening in the movie it 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 kind of ruins what you're supposed to take away from it Mm -hmm. assuming that what i think you're supposed to take away from it is what you're supposed to take away from it Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I, 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 but I didn't, I, I enjoyed it. I think artistically, uh, it's a solid film. It's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Um, really well researched. Um, wait, do they, do, do people at age like 77 really just jump off a cliff and just, th- that was like, I think it was like an old medieval practice oh, shit. possibly, but I, I, uh, it, it was Swedish. Um, I don't know if the Swedish are fucking brutal, dude. Yeah, I I think it came from a time, though, where like it wasn't like considered like the end of your life. It was more like I think it was like being a drain on your family by staying alive. 
So you could, and it wasn't an expectation. It was just like you would kill yourself because you yourself felt that you were not providing for your family. You were instead taking away from them. All right, guys, go ahead and roll grandma into the woods. We'll be back later. (laughs) (laughs) Something that I, I kind of, and I mean, I, this is a film that I feel like a little bit different from us. Like I'm pretty confident about what I think like the central themes in us are. I'm not very confident about, about this with this movie. I feel like this movie more so than us is open to interpretation. Cause I just, I feel like there's so much shit going on. It's hard to say, here's what the theme of the movie is. And here are the examples that show that, right? Something that I took away from it. And I, I don't think that this is central to the movie, but it's something that make definitely made me think was that scene, right? Where they, they fucking jump off the giant mountain and they fucking like, they splatter themselves on the ground. And then they that play one whack guy a mole with guy, their freaking heads. And then that one guy doesn't guy and he get, he gets his head fucking beaten in. That's and brutal. everybody who's not part of that culture is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I, I really like, I'm very interested in that because it's a really a super interesting concept <laughs> that it's like, you know, if something is considered important and beautiful and in this cultural in this culture where do you start to draw the line for morals where are you allowed to say no that's morally incorrect even if it's a part of your culture like where are the boundaries for that and i feel like that's that's such a like in that scene and in other aspects of this movie that's a super important thing right like it's part of their culture that we do these fucking drugs and we do these things that that you might not agree with but you don't get to decide what's right and wrong if it's part of my culture so like i think that's an interesting argument there there was an episode I've done earlier. I don't know when I think this is going to come up after this, but we were talking about honor killing uh, between uh, different different cultures like, oh, we uh, this is a, like a uh, Western culture where like no one should die for no reason or like 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 uh, life is sacred. But then like there's a culture that I believe like if you dishonor the family, you deserve to die. So it's like and then we I, I did this episode with Van Lay. Uh, you, you know who they are you guys like staring at me right now. Um, and we were talking about like, it's not a part of our culture. We think it's fucked up and we, we admit it, but it's like, but again, it's not a part of our culture. That's why we can't say like, this is fucked up or not. And there's a giant debate about like, yeah, where, 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 where does cultural tolerance come to an end? And you, and you have to say like, this is immorally wrong. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think it's, yeah, it's got it. A lot of moral things come from, the culture that we live in, but I th- there are things that I think uh, every culture or nearly every culture agrees upon as being taboo, morally repugnant. Um, murder is certainly yeah. fucking one of them. Uh, I mean, not, and, and, and that's also questionable though, cause we're okay. How do you find murder? Yeah. We're, we're okay with killing of, of certain people. It's just, it has to be, under the it law. To, yeah, it has to be under some law that was created, right? But, you know, I would say, at least person to person, we would say murder is morally repugnant. It's just we don't necessarily agree on what constitutes as murder. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, fuck, dude. I, you'd be hard-pressed to find a society where the things that they were doing would not constitute as murder. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah... I I don't know. I think something that's hard for me to grapple with in that movie is that I don't I don't like any of the characters. Again, <clears throat> I, I I and it's hard for me to say that necessarily with the main girl whose name is Danny. Danny. Yeah. Uh, uh, we got your back. She's 
it's hard for me to dislike her because she's had this horrid shit happen to her and it warps her sense of reality. Um, and also she's on fucking drugs the which, entire which time. Very literally warps her sense of reality. Um, but I think as soon as she was off of the drugs at the end of the movie, she would have to come. She would have to come to terms with the fact that she literally ordered someone to be killed. But fuck that guy. Uh, yeah, he wasn't a good person either. It's hard. It's hard. I don't know. None of them were good. I don't know if any of them deserve to die. Oh, I think Nicole wanted to go first. It's very quick. I just want to say that I think she's the best actress in the whole film. I feel like a lot of the other actors fall really short of the characters that they're playing, but she is a phenomenal actress. And for that reason, I like her more than any of the other characters. Can I also say too, like it's something that, uh, that Madame Moxie pointed out to me that we, that I kind of started seeing at, at, at the, this is going to bring, this is going to kind of bleed into the point of like the one, the one thing I didn't like about the movie, but then, after watching it as like a second time, I'm starting to like notice more and more when I was paying attention to like everything around and actually started like really focusing and taking notes and all that stuff that like I started to get it. That's why I was like, oh, I don't want to talk about Midsommar anymore because I started to figure it out afterwards. But um, that the main character has the body of a dancer. And you said no. You'd like no. She doesn't have a body of a dancer. Uh, I'm talking to uh, Nicole. Like she was like, no, you don't have. She doesn't have a body of a dancer. Yada yada yada. But it's like. The reason that she was able, I guess this is a spoiler. If you haven't seen Midsummer, just pause it now, come back to the podcast, see, see the movie and then you'll, and then come back and you'll know what we're talking about. There's a part of the movie where they're supposed to dance to, to like there it's a, it's all the young women of the, of the village have to dance and they have to, uh, the main queen yeah, the main queen competition. So they have to, they have, they want to see who has the best stamina and the main actress, it, it, she is a great actress. But I think she was also casted for like her body type too, but because because she was, she's physically fit like a dancer. Like she has, like I don't know what she dances, but it looked like she 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 uh, she. The reason that she outlasted all these other people is because she has some sort of. Go ahead. Well, I didn't say that that's the reason why they casted her. I just noticed like oh like it's nice to see a female character that's not like a size double zero. Um, but going back to stamina, I think the reason why she won that May Queen contest is because she already went through the worst shit of her life. So I think it was also symbolic for her to win the competition because it involves stamina, physical, mental, and emotional and all that. But that was my comment about her body. Not that she was, yeah. No, we were talking about like, oh yeah, when we come, when I, I went to go see the, the, the first viewing I saw was with you and we were talking about like, yeah, that we started talking about something to dance. Maybe I'm just fucking it up. Never mind. Fuck me then. But it does bleed into the one fact that like what I didn't like about the movie originally is like out of nowhere. Like this, like the main actress is like she she spoke no Swedish. She knew nothing about this culture. She just came to enjoy to enjoy herself, and then you know she was put in through put to all this um this mess or of like murder and all that and, and conspiracy and all that stuff. But then like out of nowhere, like she was on drugs and like and like you said, it it, it was warping her reality. But she was able to like blabber out some words, and then she's like. Like uh, one of the, one of the other contestants were, uh, for the May Queen dance was like, "What are you trying to say?" And she started speaking perfect Swedish, and it's like, "What the fuck was she?" No, no, no I know, I know. It's it's I I know the, for the for a fact it was like she somehow like I didn't get it at first. Like, is she somehow out of nowhere like tied to this place uh, in a in a more like um, spiritual and physical and mental level? 
that I didn't understand. But after watching it again and after watching like people interact around her, they were saying like, we are excited for you, uh, Danny, to come to our village. We We were so excited for you to come. So maybe there was like some sort of it's not paranormal, but like somehow she was linked to this this uh, this place like through some sort of weird. I don't know. How, how, how would you describe it? Like paranormal? Paranormal? I, I feel like, a, again, you're trying to find meaning in something that's so, I don't want to say trivial again, but it's, it doesn't, I will it doesn't my further the plot. It head. doesn't matter why she can speak Swedish. Like there, there doesn't need to be an explanation for that. That is such a small part of the film that it, you don't need to find meaning in everything, especially in these artistic films. There doesn't need to be meaning behind everything that happens. Why was he put into a bear fucking suit is a better question. I don't know. There's got to be some meaning for that. They though. were talking about the, they were talking about the evil of what the what the bear represents in the end of the movie fool they were saying like but that's you what I'm saying there, there's there's things that are you're actually supposed to find meaning for in this movie yeah. that part is not one of them well fuck you too i'm just no i'm just saying like i know i sound like a being mean but i'm just saying i just took it as like she was on drugs so like maybe it was just like she thought she was speaking swedish but i wasn't like mad like why the fuck is she speaking swedish all of a sudden and again, that's why I was like, maybe I shouldn't put Midsummer on there because uh, fuck all of you. But um, yeah, no, go ahead, Nick. Well, I, I think it's just kind of like, it, it, I, I mean, I don't know what's happening in the reality of that situation in the film, in in like the universe of the film. I don't know if she's uh, suddenly learned how to speak Swedish or if she thinks she's speaking Swedish or if it's not happening at all. It's all in her head. But what I, I, I just think that it's more of a metaphor of her finally coming like, like somewhere like where she beco- belongs be, yeah becoming part of this culture she she yeah. can speak their language um which is a, a very literal way of saying she understands them she she understands them and they understand her also i love the part the, the part of the movie huh? Huh? Oh, God. <laughs> i just want to say that i also feel like danny okay so jumping to a completely different movie but american psycho right uh oh Patrick- okay Patrick Bateman is not a trustworthy narrator because he doesn't have a clear idea of what's what's actually happening, what's in his fucking head. Mm -hmm. And Danny is also an example of that because she's on drugs, because she is emotionally and spiritually vulnerable in this movie. She's not a trustworthy narrator. So Mm -hmm. what we see happening around her isn't necessarily objectively what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's just what she sees is happening. Right. So Mm -hmm. like you can't assume that that like Nick said that she actually was speaking Swedish. It could just be what she fucking thought she was speaking because she was on so much goddamn drugs. And the, and also I think part of the dread to this movie is the, the drugs in the first place, because the idea that, that when you take these drugs in an, in an area that you're not familiar with, with people that you don't know, you're opening yourself up in this horribly vulnerable way. And it's terrifying. You have no control over what's happening, what you're doing. There's those scenes where she looks down and her feet are like turning into grass and yeah. weeds and the sky is moving and she doesn't have control over any of that and she's around these people that she doesn't fucking know and it's just like she doesn't know what's actually happening and what's not anymore mm-hmm. that i think that is that's that's really all i had to say hot takes <laughs> it's not a really hot take but okay um i i'd, I'd like to say that th- this kind of is a point where i feel like the the themes are kind of f- like a little fucked is that um in in the case of her like suddenly becoming a part of this culture, they're clearly doing horrible shit and also purposefully coercing her into becoming part, part of this family. And like, you can take away the theme of like, yeah, they're like, she's ultimately becoming part of this family and it's, it's a happy thing, but it's also through very nefarious means and, 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 uh, 
there's all this like background secretive shit that's happening that it ju- it feels wrong. It feels like she's been uh, like brain uh, brainwashed for sure. Um, she's she's been kind of it's like a cult, and she's become a part of this cult. And you're and and I think it is a cult film. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the end of it most people are going to go, wow, that, you know, that's a happy ending for her. Cause she finally gets, she gets to burn away her, her old life in a metaphorical and literal sense. She has to burn away her old life and uh, she's part of this new family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's so, it's so gross how it happens that I feel it's not a happy ending. It's a shit ending. And it makes me want to dislike the rest of what's happening. So you're worried about the like the aftermath, like like okay, now when the drugs are out of your system and like the festival's over, oh, I have to go back to like, do I have to go back to America? Do I, what, is that what you're worried about? Kinda, like, I, I don't. Think I just she, committed murder. I don't think she would go back, but I'm just saying like the means, uh, it, it might be a happy ending, but the means to the end are not justified. Good. No, no, you you wanted to say something. No, I'm fine. You don't have to put your hand in Nicole's face. She's, oh, she's like jerk, five, jerk. She's like five feet away from me. I'm saying like, oh, but you wanted to say something, so I was like, wait, wait, wait. Go for it. No, no, I was saying like, wait, wait, wait. Give me, give her, give her a second to talk. Yeah. Ass munch. I can speak for myself. Thank you very much. Then speak. I'm trying to. <laughs> so I, I get where Nick is saying about the whole like they kind of like fixed all her problems for her in a really gross and like dubious way. Dup- is that word dubious? Dubious. Dubious. Yeah. Dubious, doobie, and like Brothers. a very violent way, and they're all like, "Oh, look, it's great though! Like we're we're giving life to our gods." Obviously, you know, we're not part of Norse culture, so like we don't we're gonna be like, "That's gross." But I do like the illusion of control that she finally has at the end when she gets to choose that her boyfriend is the one to be sacrificed. And I was reading up more about this movie, and a lot what the Swedish or Norse mythology really values is honesty and trust, and they call it oath keeping. And in the sacred house where they burn him it is the symbol you'll notice is like a diamond with like an x going through it and that represents oath keeping i believe if i'm looking at my notes what done yes yes so the fact that they burn him in the house that symbolizes oath keeping is to like kind of purge the evil from her and just just i just don't like him he's just a bad boyfriend horrible piece of shit boyfriend so also the, like when the a point that you were bringing up the whole like uh like what, what are the bear representatives like yeah they were talking about like you are the symbol you were symbolized as evil we were supposed to burn you away for our um i i forgot what the what the the what like the what they said in the movie but it's it, they were talking about like yeah the reason that you are are put in, put in this position and in this bear is because you were are the representation of evil. Yeah, and, and it's I, like I didn't explicitly mean like what does the bear mean. I just meant that there are, are there are more important things to focus on stuff than the than the 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 Swedish part. Like that's that's an important symbol. That's something that we should be discussing. Not not stuff like that. It's basically what I was saying. Like I I understand what the bear means. I just that's like my example of that. But what I wanted to say which I thought about when I was in the bathroom a second ago, was that the, like, what's interesting is, like... Way to tear away the illusion that you never I just <laughs> um, Something that I thought was interesting is, like, so the beginning of the movie is pretty straightforward, right? We're exposed to her life. We have a clear idea of what's going on. 
It's very blunt. Her parents die. Her sister dies. Her boyfriend sucks. You know, he's not he's not explicitly violent or abusive, but he is a fucking gaslighter and a general emotionally manipulative piece of shit. So we have that stuff. That's clear to us, right? But Danny is in a state of turmoil. Like as the viewer, we understand what's going on. We're confident going into this movie, but Danny's not, right? And then by the end of the movie, it's the complete opposite. Danny is confident about what's going on. Her life is being fucking figured out for her. Like you guys said, these people are fucking being sacrificed. Her piece of shit boyfriend is finally fucking done and over with. She's figuring out what the hell's going on, but the audience is now the one in turmoil being like, what the fuck is going on? And so it's almost like, I feel like that's interesting because it's like you, you kind of switch places um, that way. I hope that makes sense. But like, it's just very interesting. Like it goes from being like a very straightforward, okay, I can follow this movie. We're going to fucking Sweden. We're going to go fucking hang out with these people to being like, oh, I have no idea what's fucking going on anymore. Like I can tell you physically what I'm seeing, but I don't know why this is happening. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, I think, um, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I don't even remember what my original thought was, but I remember, uh, I was just thinking, you know, these, he, her boyfriend was definitely not a good person. He, he was shit to his friends and he was shit to her. Um, even before they went to Sweden. Um, but the ultimate wrong that he commits that forces her into, killing him uh is not his choice he was drugged and and we're told that the drugs make you do whatever you're told to do so he is drugged and coerced into sleeping with this chick and that is a hundred percent the plan of of that that culture is to have him do that and then they let him take the fall for it which i think I again, I I just think it's it's kind of gross because we're like, yeah, good. He he he's gone now. But it's also like, eh, eh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how to feel about that. Well, wasn't in the beginning of the movie like everyone's like uh, this is an example, like when the when the when they come when they come out and they start like doing the little like conga line of like, you know, and everyone's like, oh, can uh, like the girl kicks him and then he's like. Hey, you know, his, his, his dick sure. rises from that. And he's like, Hey, can, can anybody just, just go in there and just hang, like go into the conga line? And they're like, yeah, just insert yourself anywhere you want. Sure. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's like, like a like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But it's like, I think one of the, one of the things is like, you kind of shown that he's not exactly faithful. Like he went, he was going to go to Sweden to like do as he pleased. And then he was like, Oh, cause his friend promised him like, yeah, you can get, you get to fuck all these, uh, these Swedish, the, these Swedish girls. And then um, that's something that I was like, I was like, oh, but he was also like in the beginning, it was just that one smidge of a part that was like, yeah, he's not exactly like the nicest guy on earth because he even was like uh, he got up and went to go to join the conga line. So it's like now that you have the depiction of him, now that the audience has a depiction of him, now you're going to like you're going to hate him even more. And then like, yeah, when he started getting drugged up and he's like, OK, yeah, this is out of my control. I got I drink period juice. I had a puby a puby cake and um, it was really bad. Puby cake. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I was saying like it started off very minute and then it started to be more like, okay, yeah, this is out of my control. Now you now you see him as the bad guy. But um, I don't know what you, do, you guys are doing over there, but okay. 
He's but, being really mean. It's making I'm me tell, mad. I'm, telling her I'm cover, literally doing cover, what you're fucking telling I'm me telling to do. You to cover the mic so the fan doesn't blow into. All right, it, I'll just I'll just turn that fan off. You hold it. You just hold it like this. But is it? Did you want to go and suck up some I was just going to say that. Um, he is very impressionable and like he's a sheep, right? So he mm-hmm. kind of follows along yeah. with his friends and he starts to st- steal his friend's thesis idea and he's kind of like, oh, if I can do whatever I want, I guess I'll just go and do it. So I'm not saying like he brought it upon himself because that's very victim blaming, mm-hmm. um, but like he just doesn't really have an opinion of his own and he kind of just goes with it. So uh, that also kind of shows how he treated Danny. Like they kind of were gaslighting well they were gaslighting her in the beginning you know like what does gaslighting mean for the audience who don't understand what that means gaslighting is kind of like putting the idea in your head that something is your fault like if like if i were to say like oh so and so slapped me well did you say something to set them off like are you sure it was a slap it was just kind of like it's make i don't know how to you start to question like what actually happened you yeah. don't and i understand like i just Wait, uh, let her finish yeah. it real quick. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm just saying because you haven't talked. No, I'm just saying like, so it kind of is like a reflection of now that happening to him. Uh, just much of like everything else is like being reflected back and like the uh, in the opposite world, like the surreal world. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, and this is like something that's very emotional for me and it's not at all a current state of my relationship, but it is meaningful to me that I feel like I'm going to get choked up. You don't have to be explicitly violent to somebody to be a bad partner. You don't have to tell them, I think you're a piece of shit and mm-hmm. hit them mm-hmm. to be considered a bad partner. Mm-hmm. You can make them feel insecure and shitty in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this movie does a great job of showing that because very often we're, we're, you know, I don't even really know how to explain it, but yes, obviously if you hit somebody and you tell them they're worthless and you don't let them see their friends, then you're a fucking shitty partner. But you can also be a shitty partner by stealing ideas from your friends and from um, making your girlfriend feel like shit and making her feel like she's, you know, she's not worth your time. And in, in the same way that he does when they get here, you don't have to cheat on your partner to be a shitty partner. If you aren't invested in that relationship and you aren't interested in them, that's enough to make you a bad partner. And I think this Mm -hmm. movie, I really appreciate this movie for that reason because I feel like it kind of shines some light to that. I hope that makes sense without sounding stupid. I'd like to say, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, And gaslighting is terrible. Um, (laughs) God, it's hard for me to go on from that. But the, the, Good point. Good point, Nicole. Yes. Power to you. Yes. Hard agree. Very sorry for this. Power to you too, But the the one thing that makes me feel like, I I mean, everyone's a tragic character in that because they all fucking die. But the the one thing that I, I, and he's a piece of shit too. I, I keep saying that, but he... It's explicitly stated he di- he didn't want to be in that relationship with her, and he was planning on breaking up with her until her sister killed herself and their parents, and then he kind of got locked into this relationship that he didn't want to be in. Um, and, and you know, he probably you know should have at some point pretty quickly been like, "Hey, I can't fucking do this," or he shouldn't have been sitting on it in the first place. Um, but, you know, I feel like that kind of explains his general disinterest in her over over the whole movie. 
because uh, it's easy to be like, you know, what a what a piece of shit. You know, he he doesn't give a fuck about his own girlfriend. But we knew that because he didn't want to be in a relationship with her because he felt like her. Her mental struggles or her family's mental struggles were beginning to be a drain on him. Um, and, you know, fuck him, but also fuck him. But but in that exact in, in that particular case, I'm like, OK, I understand. Yeah, he didn't want to he didn't want to be with her and he got kind of trapped because of the shit situation that happened in, in something that he didn't want to be a part of. And he definitely did not go about it the right way. Yeah. But right. that's what it was. But that's your opinion. That's my opinion. <laughs> I like how in the film after it's found out that her parents have died, her sister killed herself and them. That they kind of, I don't I don't remember if it's exactly how I'm going to describe it, but like when they have the shot of him sitting on the couch and she's crying over his lap and it kind of like starts to zoom away, kind of like he's falling deeper and deeper into like this hole of the relationship because of that particular situation. So it, you kind of felt like your stomach dropped because you're like, he's thinking like, fuck, now I really can't, you know, end it. And also like, how do I handle this? And this is just such bad timing. And you just kind of see like the couch getting further and further away and like. I didn't see that, but hey, that's actually really that's actually a really good point. I didn't think about it that way, but that's that's actually pretty good. I think also that just goes to show like what a fucked up person, right? Like this person has just experienced the most intense loss of their entire life and they're fucking thinking about how they're going to get through the next 20 minutes. And you're sitting there thinking, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of this fucking relationship? Meanwhile, this person's life has literally been destroyed. Yeah. And like you're just like, well. Guess I can't break up with her now. This sucks. I'm just gonna cheat on her instead. Like I just, yeah, not a good person, not a good human being, not a good so boyfriend, not, not a good fucking person. So boyfriend of Midsummer, what do you guys? What, boyfriend what, of the wait, year, wait, wait, everybody. Wait, 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 wait. So bo- boyfriend of Midsummer, what do you rate him? Give him a give him a letter I'm gonna, rating. I'm gonna give him a solid two. Two, okay. Two for almost trying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to go on the negative scale. Um, just like a negative Hell yeah. ten, you know. Negative ten. Negative ten. That's is that the worst possible? I I'm not sure what the worst possible is, but I'm doing it on a ten to ten scale. So. so I think negative ten would be the worst possible. I mean, there though. are other worse people out there. So I mean, just for like my book, just any kind of bad boyfriend is just a negative ten, just Fair straight enough. to ten. Fair enough. I would rather date Leatherface <laughs> than this fucking guy. And I gave him a solid um F. That sucks. <laughs> F is in fuck. Yeah. Also, Ew. last thing I'd like to say is that I heard when this movie first came out, I heard a lot of people being like, well, I'm really rethinking my current relationship. <laughs> and and when I heard that, it, it, it gave me anxiety about seeing the movie because I was like, I was like, oh, shit, am I being a bad person or am I going to feel bad about my girlfriend after seeing this? And then I watched it and I'm like, no. No, he fucking sucks. He's 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 he he's sucks. he's irredeemable. And if you're dating someone that is like that, you are nuts. You're fucking nuts, and you need to get out of that. I'm just imagining all the partners going in to watch this movie, and one of them has like a clipboard of a checklist, and they're like watching, taking notes, and like checking boxes, <laughs> and like just like staring and like eyeing them. But I do really like how they absolutely humiliate humi- humiliate him. How, how do you say that word? Humiliate. Humiliate him when he's like running with his dick bouncing around oh, all, like, yeah. covered in like hilarious. period blood ish right because it's all and he's just like freaking out and I'm like 
sense. How sad. And he just looks so, the end of that movie, he just looks so pathetic because he's on drugs and his eyes are like this. And he looks like he's about to burst into tears at any time. I'm like, yeah, you fucking prick. I hope you fucking choke, dude. And I like the last part of like him like doing his thing. He like walks into the barn. He sees like the dead body. He's like, this is so beautiful. <laughs> this is amazing. He's still breathing. He's still breathing. Whoa. <laughs> the flowers. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, my yeah, my so, dick soft. I saw it, that movie and it made my dick soft. <laughs> I fucking hate it. All right, I think we're officially like fucked on time. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so, um, I'm just gonna cut it here. If you guys like silver, silver, ugh, if you guys like our show, check us out at silvertongueaudio.org, or you can email us at dazedanddisturbedpodcast at gmail.com. We now have an Instagram at Days and Disturbed Podcast, and I have figured out how to do Twitter now. Oh. So it is Days oh, and Disturbed yeah. Podcast. I'm not sure. I'll recheck it for you guys. And we also have a Discord that I'm still trying to figure out. So more on that later. Is there anything else that you guys want to close with? Uh, I would like to say that if you're on Twitter, make sure that you send Daniel pictures of your feet. Okay, please don't do that. <laughs> okay, please do that. Uh. I'd like to say that Pete Buttigieg is a rat that tried to rig the Iowa caucus, and he fucking sucks. I have no clue who that is. That's fine. Don't worry about it. I was just going to say, don't forget to add Chumpy. Chumpy Shrimp. Don't forget to add Chumpy. He needs a girlfriend, ladies. If you want a hot single man, he's free for kissing. Swipe right. Swipe right. (laughs) Swipe right on shrimp. All right, everybody. Have a good day. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good day. Silver Tongue Audio. If you have an itchy asshole, where do you go? Where do you go to itch it? I mean, I know where to go, I mean, but if you're in public, you can't itch it anywhere. You know what I mean? Hello everyone, this is your friendly neighborhood NPC, Paul Logan, and I'm here to talk to you about a new podcast that I'm adding to my network. I could do fat jokes because I was fatter than I am now, but now I'm kind of like slightly overweight, which is cool with me, but I want to get to know overweight. It's funny, it's crass, it's fantastic. And so that's the last image my wife's going to see me. I don't want to do that. My kid walks in, I got the double chin looking fat as fuck with the poison. You know, you ever see in the movies and shit, when you have poison, your eyes are wide awake. You know, your mouth is all fucking wide open and your face is purple. But with the double chin, you ain't going to look cool. And it's hosted by a dear friend of mine, Mr. Alex Midnight. Podcast is called Midnight by the Bay. It's coming soon to a silver tongue near you.